0: welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. Today, we have Boone Hem, who is the host of the Far Out Wisdom podcast. And uh, she also has a, a personal story to tell, which I think is really relevant to our current political environment. Um, her dad was involved in the Khmer Rouge personally. Um, and so I'm going to let her tell that story. But first, Boone, just introduce yourself. Tell us about about your, about your yourself personally.
1: Hi, um, I am from the Far Out Wisdom podcast, and that is a spiritual Uh, podcast where we uh, dig into, I just talk about with the unconventional people, the dogs, underdogs of the world of unconventional ideas and stuff like that. And uh, I was supposed to be on the Moving Forward podcast for quite some time, but I kind of like, I was like a little nervous talking to Rio because of the fact that he's just so chill and so... (laughs) so professional and so cool and i just like i'm just nervous talking about this uh stuff like this because of the the political climate that's going on at the moment because i don't i don't like a lot of backlash but i feel like it's necessary to do so seeing that um dude i i i, I did not know that a lot of people are starting to like communism a little bit so there's different um branches of communism sure but but i think it's like I, I don't know why uh people are like, you know, considering themselves like hardcore communists and stuff like that and they believe that it's perfect for the United States of America. I know that's a lot of, you know, <laughs> to come, you know, to come into the Moving Forward podcast that, but I feel like it's it's very important because if we don't say anything, I, I think real and I know know the consequences of communism
0: yeah well it's a it's an under a fundamental value of this podcast that I want to give every side of an argument or at least every reasonable side people who deny facts and lie um, and who aren't coming in good faith aren't welcome but as long as they are honest and logic driven um, and uh, coming in good faith um, they're welcome. And I do want every side of the argument. I, I have one of my recurring guest stars is actually a self-identified communist. So, mm-hmm. you know, if people are just hearing this episode for the first this the podcast for the first time today, they should know that I am coming at it from multiple angles here. I have my perspective, which I don't hide. Um, but I do welcome many different perspectives because I believe the best way to move society forward is to have these conversations openly and in good faith. I know ben, Boone him to be somebody who acts in good faith, so I've welcomed her. And if you want to hear a communist perspective on it, um, you can go check that out in a recent episode titled Anarcho-Communism. Um, so, uh, you know, both sides, both sides are coming here. But Boone, as you said, that while there are different styles of it, I can certainly understand, given your very recent family's, um, history experiencing the outcome of communism. Um, at least one form of it, I can understand why you would be afraid that growing popularity for any kind of it increases the odds of the bad kind that you experienced. Even if you don't believe every kind is bad, I think it's still reasonable to worry about the possibility that we could go down that road. So, um, why, why don't you share, share what you can, um, what you know about your father, um, it's my understanding is it's actually very common for people who live through that to be reluctant to talk about it in detail. Um, but you have looked into it, you've done some research, you've talked to your father. So what what can you tell us about what went down there?
1: Well, like I'm working on a little mini documentary right now on my podcast called Inside the Mind of Pol Pot. So if you guys don't know who Pol Pot is, he was the uh He led the Cambodian Communist Party. Uh, They took over Cambodia April 15, 1975, and they were very brutal. Uh, they were a mixture of kind of like a Maoist, Marxist, uh type of, you know, the, the political party with like a um, with an emphasis on nationalism at the same time, because the French, um, a lot of people don't understand this about the, the Vietnam Wars because the fact that it happened in Indochina as well, the, the first one. And so it's a lot of these communists that was fighting um, American imperialism, French imperialism, Chinese imperialism. So they wanted um, a lot of. Uh, I think Ho Chi Minh uh, during the Vietnam War, he wanted to remove himself, I guess, Vietnam from, um, I guess, the French because the Cambodians, uh, they were in a pack to protect themselves from the neighboring, um, like the the Vietnamese, the Thais, the Laos and, you know, stuff like that. And so we had our own little problems going on during the first Indochina war. And then Ho Chi Minh brought communism, stuff like that, into it. So i did not know that my dad was a rouge uh it was by mistake actually because uh during the 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 cambodian civil war it was between many by reactions. mistake that
0: you found out you mean
1: yeah by mistake so i thought that my dad fought for Le Nol. so Le Nol is the kind of right-wing version uh the united states of america they they were behind him they it was like a coup they were trying to remove uh prince king um Norodom Sihanouk, and he was more like a Buddhist socialist kind of party. And then we had Pol Pot, who was the communist. And then we had Lon who was like the Republican. And then we have the kings within the monarch. They were liberals. So they were all fighting each other for power. And so um, we have to think about the Cambodian Civil War that added to the rise of Pol Pot, basically. And then let alone my dad, he fought side by side with Pol Pot. And I did not know that. Uh, Tell because I thought, like I said, I thought my he fought for the Republican side of the the Civil War, and it was like the good version of us. I guess in America, we didn't learn about all that, but um, it, it was like during a debate. My my parents they're very into debates and stuff like that, and uh, my mom was like, you know, they were talking about like the like politics and stuff that's currently going on with Hun Sen and stuff like that. And my mom was like, you know, your father was a former Rouge. That hit me, kind of. It was like two thousand nine ish. And um, I think my dad was really good at hiding that uh, from because, you know, when you come to the United States of America, you kind of have to like conceal that identity of part of you because, you know, during that period of time, it was like the communist was like a bad thing uh, to identify yourself. So they came over in 1980 and then um, they kind of dropped their politics. And so when my mom kind of became open about that, I did not know that my My mom's side was the one that was like oppressed. And then my dad's side was the one that was the oppressor. So everybody was like a a rouge per se, but not like the soldiers that was in charge of that. I don't know my father's rank, and I'm trying to get information as much as I can from him. But every Cambodian, every Cambodian that that escape, um, we don't want to talk about that. And so I, me and among other people, my age group, I'm 32, uh, we're trying to opened up about our relationship with, you know, our family that was during the Rouge. You know what I mean? Like some had family who were Rouge and some were not. And so um, that kind of made me think about my life in general and my father's identity. And to see that he was really damaged from the war. I thought that the post-traumatic stress disorder that he was dealing with, I thought that maybe it was him fighting the Rouge, but I did not know that it was within the Rouge. Like, I don't even know um, like, I try to get information from him, but he's like, that's the past. That's something I don't want to talk about. But um, to see, you know, Antifa, um, I don't want Antifa to come and dox her or anything real, but like to see them, you know, throwing the hammer and the sickle and stuff like that, it it makes me kind of like, it's like a, like like it doesn't trigger me per se, but I wish that the modern day left, they see that they can be bad guys too. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, I don't know. I think it's like, I think me and Corey, your old co-host, we did talk about stuff like that with, with Antifa. And I, I feel like they're gaslighting me per se, like gaslighting me like they're not like Antifa's not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like you can be anti-fascist without violence and kindness. And you know what I mean? Like you you don't have to like destroy buildings or to see you guys waving the hammer sickle and want to bring ca- communism into the world. I get it though. I mean, socialists, you know, they're coming from the heart, in my personal opinion. They want to see things that are good. Um, but I don't think that the hammer and sickle is the way to go. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: So let's, uh, let's talk about that. I mean, I was just letting you go because it's just so powerful to hear you talking about this. And my own understanding is that that's all too common, that there are people who were involved in that do not want to talk about it. They want to pretend like it didn't happen, but it is healthy to get it out in the open. And I think it's important to point out that many people felt like they were forced to fight on the side of the Khmer Rouge, that we don't have to assume it's... You know, we don't. For all we know, your dad might have been under duress when he did it. Um. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't know whether he
1: was or not. Is my understanding is that correct? Right. So it's it. They have to like conceal that information as much as they can to not. Uh, and it, as you guys know, um, a lot of the um, the top, uh, officials with you know like Ling Sari and Nunchi and stuff like that, they did, got um, <clears throat> they got judged for it, but they all die. And and I think the the notorious, um. I've got a name, I've forgotten his name, but he ran the S21 uh, prison that was very brutal. And uh, they killed a lot of people, uh, tried to remove traitors and stuff like that, like that. He died recently, and it was like a blow to my, my side, my my mom's side, because of, you know, my, my grandfather was murdered because it was lost. You have to remember the Khmer Rouge was racist, too. They were very racist. So uh, they wanted to like cleanse our blood and stuff like that. So it was like. <laughs> it, it. It gets really detailed. I, I know this look, look kind of radar for moving forward, but um, I, I want people to listen to this side uh, because I, you see, you hear in our current political climate about you know Nazis and fascists and stuff like that. But you can also see you know this the left side that can go they can get radicalized too, and um, you know that you got, you have you know a uh, communist on as well. I don't hate anybody. But I just want to like warn everybody that you know the, the the communists will remove you your your sense of identity from you because my my father was was forced to change his name he was forced to change i guess remove his identity and just like Pol Pot his his original name was still Lossar, but then he changed it to Pol Pot as a way to i guess relate to the um the peasant class and so um I see the damage the damage that it did to my family um it did it did a lot of damage guys um I, I, yeah, so let's
0: talk about that, because I do I do want to get into the contemporary issues that you started touching on. Um, and I, your perspective on it is very interesting. Um, but before we get there, let's say a little bit more, because of course, not everybody who's listening to this will know as much about the what actually went down during that era, which was very recent in Cambodia. Um, and I mean, relatively speaking and, um, recent enough that your dad, you know, was part of it. So can you talk, tell us what you do know, like about your family, you, 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 at some point you, you guys, uh, immigrated to the United States or your, your parents did. Um, so what, when you say they take everything from you in your, in terms of your personal experience, what did that mean?
1: They pretty much like in, in the United States of America, we have a sense of individualism uh, that's pretty much like our core i guess cuz in the united states of america like you talk about uh, in the podcast with jenner for example uh liberalism is the fundamental principle of the united states of america and and what we stand for and that's why a lot of people like here in the united states whereas in communist cambodia they remove you from basically you're not an individual you are for ankar so pretty much ankar is the kind of like the god of cambodia and and what pol pot was trying to do was he was trying to make everybody like uh I can't really explain it. It's like, a, like, Amgar was like a god version. It, and like, you can just tell that it did a lot of damage to my parents. Uh, They're very panicky and paranoid uh, when it comes to like children and stuff like that. Because a lot of the Khmer Rouge, they use children as a weapon. You know what I mean? Like, they use it as a way to lure people. And then, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the Khmer Rouge were young kids as well. So, when it, um, y- y- you're nobody basically, and, and, and the Khmer Rouge can replace you. I forgot the saying.
0: Yeah, the- yeah, and there is a similarity between that and, and fascism in the sense that they're both very collectivist ideologies where you're, who you are as an individual doesn't matter. What matters is the role that you play in the collective, and it's, it's almost like trying to treat humans like insects where yep. you know, you're know you a worker bee and you know this is your role in society. What you want doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what happened. And, and I know that um, I had I was supposed to have an interview with Nate Thayer. So if you guys don't know who Nate Thayer is, he's a journalist. And he was what, the last person who saw Pol Pot died. Um, Nate Thayer is really sick. And it's unfortunate that I can't get that interview that I, I always wanted for my little documentary. Um, but he did say that um, you can just tell the ranks of of the rouge like i know that my dad was a gunner so pretty much a gunner is somebody who protects the the you know the leaders and stuff like that and they fought in, in the in the forest and, and the, the jungles and stuff like that and um i could just tell that right so you me, said
0: you didn't know his rank but you they, apparently knew his role
1: his role basically his role and all i know is that there was my like I said, my mom she opens up here and there, but I could tell I could just tell that it's like a shame on the family. I'm the only one in my family out of seven kids who who is, uh, kind of you know, opening this up to the world. And of course, I get a lot of, uh, of backlash. Do you remember um, the campaign Elizabeth Hang, the Repu- the Democratic Republican in California? that did the video on no i don't
0: remember that okay Uh, what's what's what that's all about
1: so elizabeth hang uh we grew up with each other she she runs a little supermarket (laughs) excuse me um hang hang market and uh, her family were victims of the rouge as well but her but they're vietnamese and chinese so they were the target and her family was saved uh because the fact that it was a a arranged marriage and so Hang did a she, – she's running for the Republican seat, I think the conservative Republican seat or something like that here, here in Fresno. And she did a video on AOC, and she said um, something socialism kills, and then there was a picture of you know, the bodies of the killing fields. And that was a controversy. Uh, a lot of people were like, you know, I, why did you compare me to Pol Pot? It's, it's really offensive. But um, to get into like details and stuff like that, I don't necessarily believe like all leftists are communists. You know I mean, I think that's in the, in the United States of America, maybe you agree. Everybody's just like all over the place. They think everybody's like a radical, you know, to the right. They think they're Nazis and to the left, they think they're communists. But like, I think Hang kind of missed the point a little bit because uh, she uses um kind of politics in a way. I think she could have got her message across if she didn't use, I'm a Republican type of thing. But my message is um, I'm trying to like educate people on, you know, the effects of communism onto the individual to the family because I think it it passed down because of the fact that you know a lot of you know alcohol abuse happens a lot of suicide happens among the community uh, a lot of even our own little civil war within the community happens and um, you know when I was growing up uh, it was a lot of hate and not not racist more like hate from people who were victims possibly from my dad because the victims and the, the the torturer lives in the same community with each other, even in Cambodia and even in the United States of America, so it's it's just that's what I'm trying to tell people who are radical leftists, um, like, hey, you know, you can be just as bad as
0: yeah, you know, I I, I totally follow your point. I I think that um, hyperbole and crying wolf is a huge problem. Um, and part of the reason it's a problem is because when a, a real radical does come along, um, you've cried wolf so many times. I mean, that's literally what the story's about, right? You cry wolf so many times that when the wolf actually shows up, nobody takes you seriously. Right. Right. And, and, and so there's two problems there. One is it is truly awful, um, to paint a moderate opponent in radical, terms, which is what Trump is trying to do with Biden right now, for example, Joe Biden is totally moderate. He's absolutely not a socialist in any way, shape or form. Um, He would be considered center right in Europe. Um, He's actually to the right of Trump on trade and foreign policy, in fact. Um, But he's able to persuade a bunch of ignorant people um, that Joe Biden is this evil socialist boogeyman and part of the reason he's able to do that is because too many people. This is my, my take on it. I think it's right. too many people in the Democratic Party are, are, are far too blasé about throwing out the word socialist like it's a good thing or self-identifying with it. I mean that is that's not working in Biden's favor, if you ask me.
1: Right, and it uh, th- that's that's pretty much what i'm trying to tell everybody as well i mean i'm not saying that everybody's going to be a radical communist that's not that's not what i'm saying but well i'm talking Yeah, about no, to it, be clear i yeah. think you're
0: absolutely right <laughs> yeah. i think most americans are moderate most americans are center left or center right most americans don't want communism most americans don't want fascism um but we do have a problem where there are people who are radical um and so i think putting things into perspective requires one we don't exaggerate the problem but two, we don't understate it either.
1: Right. What do you like? Th- okay, I'm going to say a question to you and I hope that I'm not, you know, you <laughs> know, moving the conversation away. But a lot of people say that Andrew Yang, for example, they're like, he's a communist. I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, I don't think so either. I mean, they're they talking about UBI. I remember I was having a conversation with somebody and uh, a friend of mine named Jesse. And he was he was accused of being a communist because he would support UBI. And, you know, he's, like, really open that he's against communism stuff like that. You, this is what I'm talking about. The moment that you start pointing fingers at everybody, the the, the conversation goes absolutely nowhere. I mean, you, you're either, like, a Nazi now or a communist now in the United States of America. And I don't, I don't know what is going on. Because when I got into, like, politics and stuff like that at a very young age, about 15, I was more inspired by liberalism. And, you know, it's you know, free thought, free practice of religion. Free speech and stuff like that, but I never really chose a party per se. Um, but it was—it's not common for for that to happen. Of everybody accusing another person of a radical position, if that makes sense. And like, I—I'm starting to see a little bit of the connection between the rouge and what we see today, because because the left today—they're not even necessarily like Stalinists. I don't see that as Stalinists. I, I see them like a mixture of like Mao and Pol Pot in a way if that makes sense you know because yeah, and like, to be clear
0: yeah. by the left you don't mean your regular democratic voter no you mean no. people who are significantly to the left of the democratic establishment
1: right the one that you that's playing what we the, the game of the caste system i guess like if you're a male or so, male or white or straight you're at the bottom of the hierarchy like i don't know understand what, what the democratic parties are not, not calling that out you know what i mean like
0: that yeah, probably because <laughs> they're afraid of losing those people's votes um so unfortunately they're being put in this this situation where they have to choose between alienating um, their own base or alienating swing voters, um, and it's it's a problem that is directly consequence of the fact that radical ideologies are gaining too much popularity. Um, if you, I mean, once again. That's my take on it. Um, I've had people on who disagree with that. It sounds like you you agree. Before before we continue that conversation about the contemporary issues, though, just 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 one just a little bit more. You talked about how the the Khmer Rouge erased people's individuality, which is this profound, scary existential thing that's very right. kind of Orwellian, right? Mm-hmm. Quite literally. I mean, that's what Orwell was writing about. Um, but there's also a practical sense of it where they take away all your property, everything belongs to the state, it doesn't belong to you. You have the domicile the state decides you have, you have the job the state decides you have. Um, so have your parents talked about their experience with that? Um, and uh, and what's, what's their economic situation like now in the United States? Versus what was it like before the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia? And uh, and and what was it
1: like after the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia? I think the people that used to be, Hun Sen used to be a Khmer Rouge as well. So uh, a lot of the people that that's in the cabinet in Cambodia are former Khmer Rouge, but just you know, kind of normal, I, not not normal in a good sure, way. So kind, of like, <laughs> kind of
0: like kind of like Putin was was part of the KGB, but it's moved into a different system now. It's, it's, right. Like, like it's still it, there's it still got problems.
1: Right. So like uh, when I when I was talking about postmodernism, I did talk about like the Gang of Four or like the Gang of Five, you know, uh, Pol Pot, Ling Seri, Kim Sin Pan, Hun Yun and Sun Sen and Hun Nim. They're all very educated Cambodians that got sent uh, during the, the, the French imperialism. They were were sent to France and they got radicalized over there. Um, but if you read the Cambodian peasants and their prospects of modernization by Hun Yun, and then the Cambodia's economy and industrial development by Simpan, that is the Simpan's pretty much economic kind of thing. Was trying to remove it's like he was trying to remove everybody from the the upper class, like okay, okay, yeah, okay the so,
0: capitalist class and the professional class, right? Um, there, there was actually an explicit anti-intellectualism, and kill the nerds was a thing.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like um the caste system was a little bit different in, in, in the Khmer Rouge's version. So they base you on skin color, if that makes sense. Pretty much similar to what you're seeing today. <laughs> right? It's just, it's just like uh pretty much if you're dark skin, you are consider the I guess like during the Marxist revolution, the proletariat, right? So it's like you you're the one, your family works in the field. Whereas if you're a white skin, uh, Cambodian, you are mixed with Chinese, Laos, and Thais. Pretty much the end. Right. Of... So it, was a,
0: it was a socio-economic yeah. revolution that was that was both motivated by class warfare, but also by race warfare.
1: By race warfare as well. It was like a mixture of, of pretty much everything. That's why I said um, I, maybe people don't you know agree with me. Maybe you don't agree with me, but I feel like that's they're bringing like a little bit of Pol pot's nation into the United States of America, the modern day left. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like they they they're using kind of like a skin color. Uh, trying to determine who is good and who is bad you know like it's like pretty much that's pretty much the hierarchical structure and so my family are from bottom and that's uh well right right and in in,
0: and in the case of the radical left it is the the darker skin color that is that is superior whereas the alt-right it's the lighter skin color that is superior but something they have in common is that they both have this weird Right. Socioeconomic um, argument—that's a combination of race relations and class
1: relations. Yeah, it's pretty much like a mixture of two. That's why I said. Whereas um, in
0: liberalism, yeah. liberalism rejects all of that and treats people as individuals, not as right. member of identity groups.
1: Right, and and so. You know, Pol Pot and stuff. They were really disgusted with liberalism, and 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 they it was like a kind of like a nationalist kind of view as well because they were like I said they were trying to remove the bloodline of the Laos, the Thai, and the Vietnamese because we went to war a lot of wars that happened through the centuries and even the beginning of time of of Cambodia like the Angkor Empire was the biggest one that we had and that was Pol Pot that's that's what he was trying to do. The funny thing is is that Pol Pot came from a very rich background if you are a farmer in Cambodia you you pretty much make some good some good money right and so my family are from that village my family were not um they were not rich but they were like kind of like in the middle I guess it's it's they had their needs right right right
0: and then and the the middle was as much a target as the rich in in this particular manifestation of communism which often is the case actually
1: right and so my 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 father's side uh they they are dark-skinned and then, then my mom's side, they're light skinned because my, my, my great my grandfather, uh, he is Laos, and my great grandfather and my great grandmother are Chinese. So it's. Uh, it's and
0: we're it's, seeing that happen right now, too, where it's tearing families apart uh, along along these exact sorts of lines right now. Right. It's so, sc- it's so scary. Um, exactly. So, okay. So, it sounds like then your family would have been um a part of the class that had some property stolen from them by the government or did you guys get out before that? Uh
1: that information is kind of it's disclosed between my family. But all I know is from my 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 mom, uh my my grandfather, the the one who's Laos, he was murdered for his skin color because it was white. And light, not white. And he was executed in front of my mom. And before that, even when the Khmer Rus- Yeah, even when before that, when the Khmer Rouge were not in power, they did cause terror. Uh my mom was only my mom my mom was born in 62, uh, and she saw her great aunt and her great uncle was executed by the Khmer Rouge in front of her face. So they were in power for quite some time. They were there for, for a while. And then the, you know, during the Vietnam Vietnam War, that's when it all kind of blew up and, and it's like a uh it, it, it took some time. And this is where I'm starting to see in the United States. It's taking time. and starting to boil up a little bit. and It's going to explode in the 2020 election, in my personal opinion. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I try to remain neutral as much as I can. And this is where I always consider myself, like, kind of liberal philosophically, but not politically. Um, I'm trying to not be both right and left. I'm trying to, like, be in between. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to be in the mess. Because,
0: yeah, I also you know. find that it kind of helps to move past talking about things in terms of left and right and just talk about specific ideologies, you know, right? Exactly. So it is it is clarifying to say, I oppose nationalism, I oppose socialism, I oppose fascism, um, and I support liberalism, because exactly. that kind of breaks through the left right thing where it, that becomes kind of a semantics issue where your concept of what's left might be different from my concept of what's left. It's more. It's more clarifying.
1: Exactly, and so that's why I always say that uh, I'm a liberal. <laughs> I always say I'm a liberal. Of course, there's a different uh, version of.
0: <laughs> there's a, that's a problem too, though, because if you talk <laughs> to the average Trump voter, they probably think that means <laughs> You're that you are a
1: <laughs> They call me a lip tart, and you know what? What I hate about the the Trump supporters is the fact that they're they're like demolishing the word. Does that make sense? Like we know what the word means. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and I, like a way web- well, they, they,
0: they're, they're dealing with generations of brainwashing from people, yeah. uh, you know, on, um, so-called conservative talk radio, Um, Which is, you know, just it's just total nonsense talking about liberals being bad and equating them with socialists. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's movement is a working class labor reaction against free trade capitalism, which means (laughs) they actually have more in common ideologically and policy wise with the far left than they do with an actual liberal.
1: Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say to these people, but they don't listen to me. They call me a lip tart all the damn time. And I'm like, like, I don't have any, I don't have, I'm looking homeless. You know, like that, that's the thing. I, I want to work with people who wants to work. Does that make sense? Like, I, I want to move forward. And Presumably
0: that includes <laughs> yeah. Joe Biden in the short term, I hope, because that's I where I'm so. at. You know, like, I, I, it's not that I agree with them completely by any means. And I am actually worried about the long term possibility of the Democratic Party being taken over by, its own radicals. But in the short term, it seems blatantly obvious to me that the Republican Party is the one that has already been taken over by radicals. And so I I want to simultaneously punish the Republicans for letting that happen and reward (laughs) the Democrats for standing up for liberal values against their, their radicals at this time. Right. Uh, and, and whichever party in the long term is more in favor of classic liberalism, that's the one that will get my vote. But in the short term, that very clearly is Joe Biden, it would seem to me. Would you agree with that?
1: I haven't even read Joe Biden's policy or anything like that, to be honest with you. I haven't even been in politics because I'm so tired of it. I, I'm so tired of of watching people fight each other. And that's if, very if, uh, disheartening it, yeah. to hear. <laughs> As I should. I should. I go real. If you want to convince me to vote for Joe Biden, you can. Go, i'm very open-minded so
0: well like, i mean honest open-minded. to goodness like it's, it's not that hard I, I i can do it right now it's just that as i'm sure you <laughs> well, okay, know okay, real. Our, you remember. Current, as you know in our current system that by the time you get to the general election you really only have two viable options right
1: yeah is, um, okay, yeah, so, okay i okay. think okay.
0: making the case that biden is more liberal than trump is very very easy
1: okay so like okay let's 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 go back to back in november right? With the Hong Kong, right? You know, he he kind of uh, talked about communism a lot. And he he worked with the victims of uh, Communist Memorial Foundation, for example. And so that makes me see it. If the Democratic Party calls out communism, then I'm all in. You know what I mean? Like, I really want uh, people to understand, like, the, the, the thing that I hate, Rio, and I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from, is that a lot of the conservatives want to use me as their pawn. Does that make sense? The left and the right wants to use me as their pawn. And it, I, I'll tell you like a little short story. I, I, do you know um, Project Veritas? Do you know that conservative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know okay. of them. Okay, so I'm very open about my story and stuff like that, especially on my podcast. And um, one of their recruiters came up to me and said that if I'm interested in working at, in a conservative activism, right, with Project Veritas because of the fact that, um, you know, my, my background and I rejected it. The reason why I reject it is because the fact that my story with the and stuff, it's not a political game. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't want any party lines whatsoever when it comes to, like, communism. I'm talking about the Khmer Rouge and stuff because I want the message out there.
0: I yeah, want- yeah. No, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I think that's very noble. Um, what, what I would recommend is that you look in the, into the difference between rhetoric and mm-hmm. how Trump talks and how he acts. Right. Sure. Because yeah. uh, if you do go, you as you said, you didn't really look at Joe Biden's policy platform. Um, if you look at the way Biden has voted historically and on what he is running on now and on what his party is supporting right now, they support um, a continuation of the social liberal system that we already have and that every developed first world country has. Um, and that involves the preservation of the liberal side of that arrangement. Um, whereas, what, whereas what Donald Trump, um, you know, while he may uh, c- scream about communism and mm-hmm. falsely call Biden a communist, and I, and I agree with you, it does not help that there are Democrats who actively call themselves that. Um, that's not a good thing. But they are a, a tiny percentage of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have much influence so far. And it, so it, my argument would be to you would be that the best thing to do is to ensure that the Democratic Party stays liberal. And the right, way to do right. that is to reward it for nominating the moderate liberal over the socialist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like that that's the difficult part that I have to play because I it's just like the right and left. You know what I mean? And like I said, I haven't been even paying attention to politics because I'm like I'm sick of it. I'm sick of both parties fighting and you, you know about the Unity twenty twenty for Brett Weinstein and, <laughs> yes, and- <I> yeah. do. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Is it silly to you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a totally ignorant idea. Uh, You think so? Yes, there's absolutely no way the chances of that working are zero. Like, there, there, there is an opportunity to influence one or the other of our major parties, and Mm -hmm. that's in the primary. The primary is over, right? So to try to, to try to advocate for somebody who is not part one of the two finalists Mm -hmm. in our system makes about as much sense as. You know, like, let's say there's a boxing match against the two finalists and you bet all your money on somebody who was already eliminated three rounds ago. That's what it's
1: like. <laughs> that's true. That's that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But it's just that's that's pretty much what I'm looking at. Um, Not voting unity. But what I'm saying is that's what I want in the future. That makes sense. Like, just like you said. Yeah, Yeah. I know. We both
0: backed Andrew Yang. And don't get me wrong. I wish he was the nominee instead of Biden. But I do think that it's important to recognize that practically speaking now, there are only two options. And I think it's a dereliction of duty as a voter to not take seriously your, I mean, if you decide, if you look into it and you decide that Trump is the better option out of those two options, um, that's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do think that we all owe it to our civilization to look at the actual real process um, and and look into the actual positions of the two options and then make an informed decision based on that. It's not about a partisanship thing for me either. Like, right. I, I want Trump to lose because I want the Republican Party to return to the liberal values it used to stand for before his alt-right, national socialist, anti-capitalist movement took over that party.
1: Right. I think it's like during the the 80s, was it like, didn't you say that there was like Democrat liberals and there was Republican liberals as well? Like um, yeah no
0: that, that that was that's been true that's still true today actually like if you want an example of a, a liberal um, a prominent liberal Republican right now um, go to uh, David fromm if mm-hmm. you want to understand the argument that's happening within the Republican Party I would highly recommend that you and our listeners um, go check out there was a debate between Steve Bannon who is a national populist. Right. Um and and uh, he even calls himself a leninist by the way. What's that? <laughs> yeah, Steve Bannon <laughs> calls himself a leninist.
1: A leninist?
0: Yes, he literally does.
1: L- Lenin. vitamin yep. Lenin. No yep. way.
0: Yes, uh-huh. he does. Look into where's, it anyway. So look at look at the debate there was a debate hosted in Canada yeah. between him and David Frum. David Frum is a liberal Republican. Who believes in free trade capitalism, arguing against Steve Bannon, who is for national socialism and Leninism. Right. That's just the case.
1: Holy crap! I'm not going to cuss on your show, but holy crap! <laughs> no way! I, I did not. I think I know what the debate you're talking about. Is that the one with the, the MUX debates in Canada?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you have you seen it?
1: I I seen parts of it, and I haven't really got into okay, it. Okay,
0: yeah, I t- recommend you check it out again because. Um, that's what they're arguing about. It's about should the Republican Party stay classically liberal in the sense of being centered on individual liberty, free trade capitalism, or should it embrace national socialist populism? That's Mm. literally the topic.
1: (laughs) That's going to be an interesting thing I'm going to watch today. Back to the the politics. A lot of Cambodians are are voting uh, right in between. So the young ones Mm. in the the Cambodian community, it's a very small. Uh, There's not a lot of us. A lot of us uh, kind of like migrated to like Australia and stuff like that. But some came to United States of America. So there's about, I don't know now, the numbers now, but uh, the young ones, this is the funny part. The young ones are Sanders supporter. And then the older ones are Trump supporters. (laughs) So it's like, right, and so me right in the middle, (laughs) it's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of get
0: that. Honestly, the jump, the, the jump from Trump to Sanders is very small. Yeah. Um. And if people look at that debate that I mentioned, yeah. I suspect anybody who has a left inclination in politics will probably find themselves agreeing with Steve Bannon more than with David Frum. Mm-hmm. And I would just suggest that they take that very seriously look in their soul and decide if that's really the side of history they want to be on.
1: Isn't like Bannon like a Machiavellian? That's why I hear a lot of people say, too, that he's. Oh, yeah,
0: no, know he's, yeah. he's, um, he's 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 uh, he's wicked smart in his own way. Um, he's the brains behind uh, Donald Trump's otherwise rudderless, um, totally idiotic movement. Mm-hmm. And he's less uh, directly involved in it now uh, because he's politically toxic. Um, but if you want to understand the real I mean, he, he he's one of the people who started Breitbart. Um, he's if I had to point to one contemporary figure who has done more than anybody else to bring about the rise of the Mm alt-right and the destruction of liberalism within the Republican party, it would be him. And, and, um, you know, Marx himself even called liberalism, the ideology of the elite and, um, elite Republicans were and are liberal. Um, but now they're leaving the party and becoming Democrats. So if you really believe in liberalism over fascism and socialism, uh, i would I would urge you urge you to look into the uh, to the evidence for the fact that Biden is more is more liberal than Trump. so some some examples of that would be um, Biden wants to preserve uh, our democratic republic and Trump wants to turn us into a banana republic like Russia, mm. right? Biden wants to preserve the right to protest and Trump wants to tamp down on protest. Biden wants to preserve the free press. Trump wants to tamp down on the free press and, Biden wants to preserve free trade capitalism. He has explicitly denounced socialism. Look into it. He's explicitly denounced the radical rioting. He says he supports peaceful protesting, but not rioting. Right. Mm-hmm. But Trump lies about all this stuff. And and people who have been brainwashed to think that Biden is a radical, they're just wrong. They're just wrong. I
1: don't think Biden is a radical, to be honest with you. I see it too. I, I, that's the like I said the the whole discussion, with the entire thing. Everybody's a radical now for some odd reason. It just it, it blows my mind. So I'm a lot younger than you, Rio. But it's like
0: it. I, How old then, are you, Ben? I'm 32. I see. I'm only 36. So 30- 36. Don't, oh, okay. don't talk too fast. <laughs> I'm an old millennial myself.
1: I'm talking crap to Rio right now, and that's what it, we do because I love Rio.
0: <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah.
1: But um, we're li- li- we're millennials. We're like little you know. Uh, it's just like we're, <laughs> we're, we're like I I feel like we're, we're the generation of of I don't know it's just we're weird we grew up like in, in the the in the stone age <laughs> and then we grew up with like this technology and stuff like that so I'm seeing everything in between but I just I just wish that people just like stop fighting and just
0: focus just just think think yeah. about think about how what um what Trump told Xi Jinping right when Xi Jinping declared himself president for life Donald Trump said that sounds great we should try that right? Oh and then he no. says he was joking, but that's a common tactic used by dictators where they say something dead seriously. And then they say, oh, I didn't really mean that. But then he also says, like, I should get an extra term and we should postpone the election, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So, I mean, if you, it's there, it's right in front of people to see if they are willing to see it. But if you're mo- emotionally motivated to overlook it, then you'll overlook it. But yeah, so he also he also told G um, that when he started concentration camps, he said Trump said that seems like a good idea. What? Yeah, seriously. And and as far as his being his being hawkish on China, supposedly, Mm -hmm. that's not true. China is part of his trade war, which he also has with Canada. Right. Because he's hostile to free trade. It's nothing to do with China. Right. If you actually wanted to to um, to uh, motivate China to uh, play by the rules of international trade, you would get all of the liberal democracies of the world to collectively cut out China. You wouldn't do a unilateral trade war between the United States and every other country in the world, including Canada. hmm.
1: hmm. Yeah. It just. See, but,
0: you know, politics. by the way, Boone, I really I appreciate that you just <laughs> honestly said, like, you know, I've been stressed out, haven't had time to look into politics. I think that is all too common, and um, and your show isn't about politics; it's about um, spirituality, as you said. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like you, you're you're not you're not talking no, about it no, every day no, like the I thing am. That, so I, I don't the, hold it against the, you that you don't know this stuff. I yeah. really don't. Um, and I and I I think t- a lot of our listeners can probably sympathize with you. Like, I know my own wife did a brownout of the news which has kind of become a blackout, you know,
1: Yeah, because it, it is, it is <laughs> overwhelming it
0: to see it, to see the evidence every day in front of our eyes that we are turning into a third world dystopia. But the, the, if there's going to be out of the two real options that we have, the person who is most likely to turn us into a, a night nightmare hellscape,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: like the one that your parents had to flee from, it's Trump.
1: Right. We'll see.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, like, I appreciate I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you being forthright I'm I'm
1: about listening. all
0: of that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you're right.
1: I'm, I'm listening. And it, it, it just like I said, but, but from my experience, when we when when my family came here to the States, we grew up on the welfare, we grew up poor, I got shot at. And this is where I think you asked me that you you want me to talk about, about the, the left use me as well, what the left says about me, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah. I absolutely. To clarify, once again, by what you mean, people left of the Democratic right, establishment.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Th- yeah. Not 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 the, old, the original one where Joe Biden was. You know, what I mean, like not 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 even um, Kennedy. For example, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the
0: Oh, yeah, no. If you talk yeah. to a leftist, they hate Kennedy. Kennedy is an <laughs> evil corporate, corporatist. <laughs> Biden is also, by the way, an evil corporatist. I mean, think about it. Like, if Biden was the radical Trump, banning him as, then why are the left, like, telling people to, don't, you know, not I, vote I for him?
1: I think it was, like, a, a video that I saw where a person was dancing. It was like, don't make me vote for Joe Biden. And they were really, really, because Sanders lost. And so these are the Sanders... Um, I guess, supporters. Have you ever had a Bernie Sanders supporter on your show?
0: Um, yeah, actually. Corey himself was a Bernie Sanders supporter in 2015
1: hmm. and 2016. Oh, okay. So it's like them... They're a little bit different between Biden and Sanders, if that makes sense. Like AOC and... You know, even there's, Matthew, a, there's but, actually
0: a lot of difference. Yeah, I, lot I, of I would difference. argue that Trump is more like Sanders than he is like Biden.
1: They're they're pretty much like you remember. Uh, you wrote an article that uh, Jenner shared with me that was really awesome, where you talk about like the, they're like two sides of the same coin. Basically, it's just like they're kind of like populism, like in right right in between of two. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what I see too. And like like I feel like both whatever's going on in the United States of America, it's like they're using me like a pawn, for example. Like I'm a woman of color, right? I am broke. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm like right in the middle. I'm a Fresno guy, so uh, poverty here, right? Sorry. I grew up with a lot of poverty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so to, clara-
0: to clarify, I <laughs> am not trying to use you as a pawn. No, and thank God. Could, let me let me be clear. Let me be clear. And I, not only that, but – You're right. Do not let the left talk for you because the left is just as bad as the so-called alt-right. You Um, you really should not be a pawn of either of those groups. That's not what I'm at. I'm I'm encouraging you to look into the claim that I'm making, which is basically that if you want to stand up for the preservation of liberal values, the number one priority right now is to get Donald Trump out. And thank goodness the alternative isn't Bernie Sanders.
1: (laughs) Did Corey get mad at you for saying that?
0: <laughs> no, he actually kind of agreed with it, actually, in the end. Because, like, he, he soured on Sanders after they turned on Andrew Yang.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... But, like, so I grew up here in Fresno, so I see things a little bit different. And every time, like, I, I give my opinion, I get called honorary Asian. Do you know what honorary Asians are? God, honorary? that sounds
0: racist fuck.
1: <laughs> right. So honorary Asians are... Uh, what Hitler said about the Japanese during World War II. During World War II, uh, I've got his name. Um, he was the Japanese fascist party, the the faction. And then Hitler was talking about the honorary Asians having similarities between the Aryan race and the Asian race. The Japanese Japanese race. So they call me honorary Asian. Wrong Asian, by the way. okay sushi right 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 so
0: so so they're they're holding it against you that you're not as dark scandinavian as some other Asians,
1: right and so uh, the 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 thing that that,
0: uh, by the way that's like just a you know signal to you that i really am a classic liberal that i say i am i'm gonna say this out loud that's not reverse racism that's just another manifestation of plain old racism
1: (laughs) exactly so they they're comparing the two Uh, of me where you know like even saying like oh well you know um andrew yang's ubi is not that bad right for example and i remember i got into like a huge kind of discussion about that because i want to understand that's that's the thing about me and and, and you know with with classical liberal principles we it's free exchange of ideas right and i just want to know i just want to understand people and I just, for some odd reason, this person accused me of being an honorary Asian, that I was backing the alt-right and stuff like that. I was a Nazi agent, for example, because the fact that I don't necessarily agree with, you know, Black Lives Matter, the organization. I don't like the the violence part of it, Some like some of the movement, you know, that that they have. Right, and, right. And so to right. be
0: clear, once again, you, go, you can go look into it. Joe Biden has denounced that multiple, multiple times. So when, exactly. when Trump says that he hasn't, he's flat lying.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't like the violence and, you know, the riots and stuff like that either. Who does? Right?
0: No, neither do I. Yeah. I think yeah. that those people should be arrested and, and thrown in jail.
1: Right. And so like right in between, it, it's just that when I say it's not the fact that I don't agree with Black Lives Matter. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the sense as the human. I'm talking about the human. I don't like the organization of, you know, the, the things. Is it really say. an
0: organization though? Cause it seems know. to me know. like it's more of, it seems to me like it's more of just a, a Vom- loose coalition of a bunch of different people. You know right. what I mean? To,
1: to me, okay. So, and, and frankly,
0: so, frankly, it's, it's, they, they claim to speak for whole groups of people and they that's just what don't. I don't
1: like, yeah, that's like, what I don't like, Rio. what
0: I don't like. 59% of, of black people oppose defund the police, for example. Right. So when they, when they say that in the name of black people, they're just they're lying, you know? Right. And, and so I guess what I would say, I guess what I would just say, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, Boone, I, I have to get onto another interview. So we have to start yeah. wrapping up and I'm going to give you the final word. I want to yeah. make sure you say everything you feel like you need to say. And um, you're welcome to come back on any, any time. Um, but yeah, just just to be really clear, um, Trump is exaggerating the, the that problem um, and Biden is denouncing it. Um, and Trump is lying and saying, Biden is not denouncing it. And he is. And also, not all of the rioters are even doing so in the name of that movement. Many of them are doing it in the name of communism, which has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Many of them are actually alt-right people who are just taking advantage of the fog of war and trying to help Trump win by causing chaos. And some of them are just plain criminals who just, you know, like they see an opportunity to loot and they loot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I okay, agree. so I'm,
0: I'm going to give you the final word, though. Uh, what? Wh- please um, say whatever you, you feel like you need to say
1: uh i just hope you, you come hang out with me rio is gonna come hang out with me my little domain my new un- universe and we're gonna break down the camaraderie even deeper we're gonna go into the philosophy of it and i hope you guys come hang out with me in the far out wisdom podcast and do you want me to say that word rio the, the
0: <laughs> oh yeah 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 you know you know what so please please do let's let's do this
1: um uh moving forward Gumbo. <laughs>
0: it is gumbo it is it moving is. forward is gumbo yeah, it's right our guys. gumbo it's your gumbo it's my gumbo it's everybody's gumbo delicious <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye guys
0: all right take care Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Together, through these conversations, we are all working to ensure that the Humanity First movement keeps moving forward. If you haven't yet, please visit our website at movingforwardpod.com, where you can support our Patreon. We will use those funds to advertise, to grow our audience so more people hear these important conversations. Thank you very much.